Working on the weekends. Like usual. Hey, I knew somebody had me. Except it's Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a weekend. It's President's Day. Oh, that's fair. Which I, I still don't really understand what President's Day means. Which president are we celebrating exactly? That's what I've been trying to figure out. Barack Obama. Well, that's what I've the been saying. I don't respect the black, anybody. The black <laughs> I think it's like actually related to one of the president's birthday or something. Lincoln. Is it? Lincoln's birthday? Yeah, I think so. But it's respecting all presidents. Yes, it, the idea is is it's all presidents, but it just so happened to fall near Lincoln's birthday. <laughs> it's kind of like it just so happened to be Martin Luther King's right, birthday. That's it. I was just about to say it's the same right, thing. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Working this fist. Anybody, anybody know what episode this is? Twenty three. I think twenty three. MJ episode. Twenty three. Yeah, shout out to you. it. It is his birthday today. Oh, really? MJ's birthday. It is. Wow. That's amazing. While I'm not a stand, uh, ESPN told me this. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to be here, guys. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to Marketing Misfits, recording live from Gotham Studios in Times Square. I am Mike Summers. Jeff McHenry. Dave Smith. Stu Cornelius. And we got a special guest. Kenny St. George. What a cool ass name. As frequently as <laughs> cool as fuck. <laughs> definitely made a name up. It's easier for you. Play the record. <laughs> Hey. The weekend vibes, man. Even though it's not the weekend, it's kind of the weekend. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Mark Miss this episode 23. Um, I am Mike Summers. Just a quick rundown. Uh, this is the first time listening to the podcast. It's a podcast of, uh, today it's all black fellas, but I would say we used to represent <laughs> <laughs> black and or Hispanic male or women. You know, we're, we're, we're diversified. Um, communities of color. Yeah, yeah. Communities of color. Um, kind of talking about stuff we talk about every day at work from a marketing perspective, but through a very diverse lens and raw and cultural focus kind of lens. Um, just quick rundown. You have Mike Summers from, from Johnson & Johnson. You have a boy Jeff McHenry from Whitey Candy. You have Dave Smith from Heineken. And you also have Stu from Twitter. Um, but today we got a very, very special guest um, and the coolest name on earth. Yeah. Uh, Kenny St. George. Yeah, Kenny St. George. Um, what we want to do is want to focus a little bit on it's, it's Black History Month. Um, our boy Kenny has a really, really dope project. that I, This is my first day meeting Kenny. Um, I hit up the group chat because this project that Kenny's working on was flooding my my uh, <laughs> Instagram time. Well. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are these black and white photos? Yeah, man. Man. Shit, fine. I want me one. Exactly. <laughs> so let me get one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a filter. I got to take a black and white picture. <laughs> That's fine. I just sent it in. Um, but Kenny, uh, it, just, to, just to start off, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and, and your background, and, and then we'll talk a little bit about the project. Okay, okay. Uh, well, first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for having me, man. This is a no pleasure. Doubt, but of um, course. You know, I don't take any of these type of experiences for granted, man. So just to even have this opportunity to come up here and, and just speak, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm truly thankful for that. My man. Um, Absolutely. 
but yeah, man, I'm from Philadelphia. Uh, you know, um, bred Sorry. in Philly. Uh, I've been traveling to New York maybe, man, close to 10 years now. A lot of my mm-hmm. friends uh, have lived up here for some time. Um, and I just recently moved to New York full time back in October. Uh, so, yeah, man, I mean, uh, I've been, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, uh, and, and I'm a photographer. You know, I've been doing photography for maybe three and a half years now. Self-taught you know? or? Yeah. Self-taught. Word. Self-taught, Respect. man. Um, you know, it was, uh, you know, I had a situation, man, where I had been, like, let go from, like, two jobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I grew tired of that. You Amen. know what I mean? I grew tired of that. I grew tired of being in a situation where I felt like, you know, my life wasn't in my control at mm-hmm. all. I felt mm-hmm. like other people could kind of dictate when I could have money and when I couldn't and, and, and I didn't like that you know what I mean that's the worst feeling <laughs> yeah. what is it Sunday yeah. you preaching my boy man yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. that so, just touched my heart I ain't gonna lie to you what yeah so it was uh, you know it was crazy so for me um, you know I started out in journalism mm-hmm. you know um, good friend of mine Chris Thomas yep. uh, as yes, well as sir. Corey Towns you know these are my brothers and, mm-hmm. and those guys were in writing at the time so I would come up to New York and you know try to get in with publications that they were working with on a freelance tip and I started there, uh, started to build a little headway. And then, uh, you know, I wanted to take photos to go with my pieces because at that time, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking like, man, maybe if I can get hired by a magazine, you know, as a writer, then, you know, that'd be fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I'm like, yo, this is one way that I know I can be different if I'm able to take photos as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, from there, man, I just kind of fell in love with the camera, you know, more than writing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think journalism was a great start for me, but I... I understood I couldn't write on a day-to-day basis because if I wasn't inspired, I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Or, or I would feel burnt out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, when I found a camera, it was like I fell in love instantly. You know what I mean? And then, and now here I am. And for the photography heads out there, and I, I don't know anything, but <laughs> uh, like, what's the equipment or the style? Like, how do you describe it? You know what? It's, it's so – it's hard for me to even answer that because it's so different for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, with me being self-taught, it was a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, as far as equipment, you know, I always advise people. Um, you know, I started out with the most baseline of cameras. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell people it's never about the equipment. Mm-hmm. It's all about actually learning the skill and learning the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll know when it's time to upgrade your equipment. You know, you just have a feel for it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, a good friend of mine out in the Bay now, his name's Brian Artis. And at the time, when I was telling him I wanted to get started, he's like, yo, bro, I got this camera that I don't use. So he was like, yo, take it, learn it, and, you know, when you're ready to give it back, give it back. What was the camera? It was a uh, if you Canon T3i Rebel. That's a good one. Yeah, That's a good one to start yeah. with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, I, and I learned how to do everything with that. So I would, I would go shoot concerts with it. I would just walk around Philly, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, just, just shooting, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, just learning and taking it back, you know what I mean, to the crib and, you know, figuring out what I did wrong, what mm-hmm. I did right, and – uh. You know, and then I would also tap other photographers, you know what I mean, just mm-hmm. to get help, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and ask questions. And so between all that and YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to kind of carve out a career for myself. YouTube, boy. Yeah, man, YouTube University, of course. <laughs> man. <laughs> so like, wait, so when you talk about YouTube, I guess, was that the first, what was the first opportunity where you were like, this is viable? Like, this is what I can pivot into and, and make it grow. You know what? Uh, so actually, my first real opportunity that I felt that way. Um, actually, this was back when LinkedIn was kind of still a thing. And uh, a marketing manager for the Sixers was looking for a freelancer. And a friend of mine, a homegirl of mine, who actually did not work at the organization anymore, but she had at one time, she tagged me in it. 
in the in the post and the, and the lady called me and so my first job was like my first real job was was, was like a sixer alumni you know situation like mm-hmm. event so it's like all kind of like past sixers were there theo ratliff elton brand all these guys so it's like i look up and it's like yo i, I got sixers as a client yeah you know what i mean and that was and that's how it all like really started from a professional standpoint so um yeah man like by the grace of god that happened you know what i mean and you know i just kind of used that and kept that relationship going for maybe two years and you know i kind of used that experience to kind of leverage and and work with some other places you know what i mean quick quick uh quick detour question that um, is very quick and we're gonna get back to it uh can you mention the sixers and i think we all kind of go through that point of either a brand that we admired or just a brand that has respect in the industry like finally like respects us for something um, and then we, you know, that, that gives us the plateau that we do a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, how do you balance, and this is for everybody, like that, that, the idea of like, um, I've always admired this and now I'm like a part of it versus like, you know, X Man and, and the box, you know, giving me permission or, you know, validating what my, my skill and my talent is. <clears throat> yeah. You, you always got to, one 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 line that I really held on to very tight uh, in the beginning was like you know when Jay was just say like you got to know you're great before before anyone else does right so when you know that nobody else can really tell you about you in that way you know what I mean um, but there's a balance with that as well right because you got to be humble and you have to also be able to know like where you can improve so that's like a fine line but it but it's one thing that you know, I always held on tight to. So, like, you know, for me, you know, there would be people that would try to, you know, deter me from what I was doing. You know what I mean? I never forget, man. This guy walked up to me. I was on South Street in Philly. So anybody that's been to Philly know, you know, knows what South Street is. Which we get all your yep. cheesesteaks and the whole nine, right? Yep. So I'm walking down there and I'm shooting one day and this guy walks up behind me. He's like, yo, man, like that was a nice shot, you know, but, uh, you know, don't do photography. There's no money in it. He said, I tried it. <laughs> this is a stranger I, I right? use for all photographers. You know <laughs> if you want a black person to not do something, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> quickest way to say, ain't no brand over there, bro. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, thanks, man. And, and, and I was like, okay, like he, do, but who are you? Right, exactly. You know, you know what I mean? Like, don't project your fears on, on you know, on mm-hmm. me. So, so you know, um, but, you know, and then once you start to get those opportunities, like you said, from brands that you respect, brands that, you know, you grew up on, right? The Sixers were my team. When Allen Iverson got drafted, mm-hmm. I was full in, right? Oh, I was all in. Five, seven, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was all in, right? So when you get those type of opportunities and they like what you do, it's like, okay, you build that confidence, right? To know, like, all right, well, yeah, I know what I'm doing a little bit at least. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I think we all had that, that that conversation or situation at some point in terms of don't do that even in marketing because mm, yeah. everybody's sitting at this oh, table yeah. like plenty of peers in consulting or banking or in some type of investing and especially yep. if you're starting your career – Say nah, you gotta hit Wall Street. That's where the bread at. <laughs> yeah. Especially going to Morehouse. You already know oh, what yeah. that was. Oh that yeah, was the whole yeah, that was the highway. <laughs> and, and, and it's like diverse communities who you know we haven't had much. When you yeah. got an opportunity to get something, you're trying to get it all. Yeah, <laughs> like you out here, you trying to grab it, and like oh well, this is this is where the cake at. But I'm trying to pay this debt off is what yeah. you really trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> so instead so of feeding to your project, I think like some of the people that you're you're. Uh, bringing attention to or acknowledging um, kind of went through that and made that decision. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the project? Yeah. So um, our seat, uh, our seat is the project. And, um, you know, me and my team just sitting back 
Um, shouts to JP, Money, Mercedes. We, you know, we all just sit back and just talk about, just have conversations, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do for Black History Month. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, it's something that I'm trying to start, you know, start making sure I contribute to every year. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, my community is important to me. So, you know, just having, you know, talks with, especially JP, him being, you know, having been in the advertising world for a while now, you know, him and I were just having conversations just about the realities of the game. You know, it, it's it's actually an industry that I want to break into with my work. And, have you know, so with that comes research, right? You want to know exactly what it is you're getting into. And him making that, you know, apparent, like, yo, man, like, you know, the black employee population is like 5%. So, like, at first I was confused. I'm like, like, at one place? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> And he like we he's like when we go to work every day, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's like, no, 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 all of them. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, you know, and that and that immediately, it immediately jumped out to me. You know what I mean? It immediately jumped out to me because for for a couple of reasons, I think number one, when I myself, you know, I'm aware that advertising runs the world, right? In so many ways, right? Like the things that are pushed out, the things that are sold, right, and the things that are consumed that makes the country like spin right and that makes the money makes the world go around mm-hmm. so for me i'm like just having not even being in the ad world but just seeing some of the failures that happen in the ad world right from like your h&ms and you know your gucci's your doves like all these places like it's apparent no black people are in the room right because there's no way those things happen if there are right but everything that's dope or like accepted as cool or hot we set the precedent for that so to me i'm like okay well that means the industry can't run without us one plus one equals two you know what I mean? So how how can we be so underrepresented? So for me, it's like people need to be aware of who's actually making this engine run. And that was the premise behind the idea. Like, yo, let's go to these places and let's, you know, let's illuminate these people. Let's make these people feel seen. Let's make these people feel heard. Right. Because without them, this can't happen. Yep. You know what I mean? So that that was the the, the main gist behind it. You know what I mean? Just shining a light on these people, man, that 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 really go put that work in every day. And can you can you talk a little bit about you went to a lot of respected agencies and companies? What was the experience like going into each of those buildings and like kind of getting that reception from the employees? Man, it was it was uh it was amazing. You know what I mean? It was one of those things that I didn't realize how important it was until I was doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um just having the ability to sit down and just really really connect with each person. You know what I mean, and tell them what why I was there. You know, um, most people that are in, that are in a session with me will know. Like, I don't pick up the camera right away. It's a conversation first. You know what I mean. I want you to understand why I'm here. I want you to understand what I'm trying to do, right? And this is not just to get a photo of you, right? It's, it's it goes past that. So, you know, just really explaining to people why I was there. I think it really developed a sense of pride for those people, and they took pride in that. And you can see that through the images, right? Like the smiles that were on people's faces. It's like, yo, somebody actually came here to acknowledge me. And it's yeah. kind of a big deal, right? Because, like, you got to, like, walk past your counterparts to say, hey, I'm going to do this thing. It, but it's not for everybody. Yeah, no, It's I'm just sure. for us to do today. And that can cause, you know. Like, <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that can get a little crazy, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know um, – for me to be able to do that and make them feel seen, it's like, no, everybody in this building needs to look at these people that are coming in this room. So to that effect, I, I would love to know more about, um, I think about the community 
And I think about how you connect. Like, was it kind of the seed planted? Like, hey, Kenny's coming by. And then somebody's like, what's that? And, like, it builds or was it more of a strategic attack on, not attack, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I think it was very much like, you know, Kenny's coming by. You know, this is this is what he's trying to do. He's coming by. Okay. Um, and, you know, there was a deck and everything for it, so it makes sense to people. But I think it really resonated once I actually did get there. And, and, and I arrived and people saw the vibe. They saw what was happening. And, you know, they get to see themselves, right? Like, you know, I had so many people, like, as soon as they sit down, the first thing they say, I'm not photogenic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm like okay. I'm like that's fine. Let's talk about it. You are today. <laughs> you are today. But after but after conversation, right? After the conversation and after the explanation, that guard comes down. Yeah. yeah. That guard comes down and now the true emotion comes out and and especially like when I go see Stu and them at Twitter, like it's like a whole was, party yeah, for each we person. Yeah, we were some fools in there. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, was, it was like a whole party so like people are showing themselves, they're smiling, yeah. they're being them. Mm-hmm. And then they look at the at the photos and like Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you are photogenic. Yeah. yeah. So so I just want to double click on that real quick because like um I said double click. I hate you. <laughs> is, that, is that a P? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn key. Um, <laughs> I think one thing I respect about the project so much is just like the amount of like dope people you've had access to. Yeah. Um can you just speak to like how you're finding people and how you're getting access to these individuals? Man, my team, you know, my team is is uh you know, I realize that, you know, you cannot do anything great alone. Um, you know, I've been on a solo mission, man, for, for, like I said, for the better part of four years now, you know, where it's just been me. And, you know, I realize that, you know, it's all about timing. You know what I mean? It's all about timing. So God blessed me with an amazing team of people around me. Um, you know, uh, I, man, I met my girlfriend in 2018 and we, you know, we just kind of just connect with each other just on a deeper level of just, you know, we want to see each other do well mm-hmm. outside of ourselves. So yep. it's like if anything is individual is going on, you know, we're going to do that. So we were working on my gallery and, and you know, that happened back in October. And it was just me and her. You know, we were just sitting down just trying to figure out, like, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make this happen? And then, you know, I've known JP for a minute. Yeah. And it kind of – I had something else going on that he came and met with me about. And it was like, yo, you do – you know – like he helps people in, in this kind of way, right? So he he then kind of took to me and it helped me with the gallery, and then now it turned into this. And so it's like it, it it truly was my team, you know what I mean? That really really powered this whole thing to be able to happen. I was able to come and and execute, you know, once I got there. But you know, you know, my team was like a major part, and so like you know, my girl works at Tierney, so I went to I went to Tierney, you know what I mean, to shoot. You yeah. know, JP has a lot of connections from his past. You know, work experience. So he was able to make phone calls for me. You know, his wife has has you know connections. She was able to like you know make calls for me and, and come to different places with me. So you know, it was truly them. You know, I was just able to just come in and just do my thing. Yeah. And that's what makes having a team beautiful. You know what I mean? Because you can just come. Everyone in can and be just, in their lane, mm-hmm. right? And you yeah. can just come in and do what you do. You know what I mean? I got I got two really quick questions. The first one is, have you thought about making this a, like a coffee table book kind of deal and compiling all of these? Because yeah. I, I, I think that that would be a powerful thing just to have, right? Like, yeah. um, And then the second thing is, talk a little bit about um, the, the the photographer community and how I, I felt like all the pictures I saw, it was mad other photographers that were bigging you up. And I thought that that was so beautiful to see within that community. Yeah. Um, so, man, 
as far as the coffee table book idea, I mean, I think that would be amazing. We haven't even had time to really. I got like, you, bro. That was for like, free. Yeah. <laughs> that was last week. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I meant to mention that to you when yeah. you came through, but yeah. we were doing a bunch of stuff. So Yeah, no, nah, man. Like, you know, a lot of notifications are still going off on my phone, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you know, I was telling people, man, I was like, yo, like the first day, people were like, yo, like, this is crazy. This is nuts. It's pandemonium out here. And I'm like, yo, it's like. 50 people that haven't posted yet yeah you know what i mean so we're still seeing like a lot of residual um from that you know we're still seeing people uh post you know people are still reaching out people so i haven't even gotten a chance to really think about what happened yet and and why why talking on that just to be clear for everybody else tell them how to get access to the campaign okay okay so so right now the campaign is living on instagram um hashtag rc so if you you know search that in your uh, instagram on your search Uh, o-u-r-s-e-a-t right yes o-u-r-s-e-a-t um and you guys can go see it there you can hit the recents because you know there are some uh, some other things that kind of mix in there but if you hit the recents you're going to see all black and white. All right the now. black people. Yes, you're see all the black people right now. Um, but, yeah, as far as, you know, to answer your second question, as far as the photography community, I mean, I'm very, very big on that. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very big on showing love. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, you know, there's 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 no reason to have a have a photographer beef. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What right. would that yeah. look like? Uh, like man. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Oh, yeah. A bunch of flashes. <laughs> it should be no. A shoot off? Right. Shoot off. <laughs> right. Like, five paces. <laughs> right. Like, it should be no hating. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Nah, I feel you. And, and, like, and, like, I firmly believe in that. And I also think that, you know, especially in New York City right now, I think it's a special time right now uh, for young black creatives. I think in every aspect. Right. Like not even just the visual arts field, but like people that do PR, uh, people that are that are in the health space, like my homegirl Bree on Spike Spin. I think what she's yeah. doing is like, you know, that's that that's that's major. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's people that I know in the music industry. My boy Corey's a DJ. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like it's mad people out here that are doing special things in the black community. And I think that this is a special time. I think that we all need to be, you know, gravitating towards one another. You know, um, I think about, you know. Puff and I think about like Mary and Jay. Yeah. Like when you think about it, all of them came up at the same time. Yeah. So now they're all, you know, enjoying this major success around the same time. And it's like, yo, I knew him or her when when they were just getting started. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that this is one of those times, you know what I mean, where I think a lot of great people are starting to come into their own. So I'm truly thankful for everybody that did support. You know what I mean? Everybody that is showing me love, man. Like I Anybody will tell you, man, like, you know, I, I, I try to be as humble as I can. You know what I mean? So I'm thankful for every comment, every share, every like. You know what I mean? Anything that somebody's doing to show love, I appreciate it. So I'm thankful to all the shooters out there, man, that have been that have been showing love. And my door and my phone is always on. You know what I mean? It's always open, and you know? You said something. I actually want to get, like, Jeff Stu and uh, Dave's perspective on because I think we come from different worlds in the sense of um – Jeff is a little bit more of on the creative side. Stu's on the tech side. Uh, Dave has is, is been aligned to more like culturally driven brands. I think, for the large part, like product um, product owners or, or marketers have kind of like lost marketing. Like I think like marketing is getting diluted. We outsource it a lot. Therefore, the representation isn't really shown there because you, you really just hire. Um, smart people who can figure out like how to build a marketing strategy versus like actually understand culture and trends, et cetera. And I think that's a, a problem across the entire industry. Um, 
just kind of want you guys' perspective, like in y'all's industries, if y'all feel y'all feel the same way. And that's and I think there's some exceptions and like some startups and some culturally driven brands that are out there. But for the most part, ninety percent, that's why I can't throw in. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go in on the uh, the representation thing. I mean, I think it's one of the most used buzzwords in the industry right now. And usually, when people think about representation, they relate it back to either just talking about gender or talking about race. I think the issue is that people don't actually understand why it's really important, right? Because it's about diversity of experience. It's about diversity of perspective. And, like, we all have different lived experiences, mm-hmm. right? So when we go into a room, we're coming up with an idea. We're all going to come at it from a different angle based on our lived experience. Like, this is a room full of black men. We're all completely different people, yeah. right? And I think once the industry catches up to the fact that everyone has these diverse lived experiences and we're able to take all those differences to find the truth, like that's how the work gets good, yeah. right? But on your big agencies, for the most part, when you have like diverse representation, it's the one black guy, it's the one Hispanic person, like in in the room. And now yeah. it's becoming multiple white women. Well, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, I'm being dead ass. It's one of the things that really yeah. bothers me about the representation conversation because I would say that the reason why people, the reason why we feel like more black people should be in the room is because of all of the all of the all of the obstacles that are set in front of us, if we are if we are allowed to get into the same room, our perspectives are going to be totally exactly. different. Whereas, you know, Adam from Darien, Connecticut, and Emily from Cleveland, Ohio, their perspective and and things that they deal with are usually closely Pretty the similar. same. Um, and so that's why I think the representation conversation needs to be more specialized as, a, as opposed to this general ideal that, okay, if we get more white women in the room, we're diverse. I think that that's an unfair alignment that does happen in the last like five years. It actually well, makes me that, really upset. The, <laughs> the one time that I see in rooms that you have like a diverse conversation around a central topic with like understanding the trends is being a mom. Yeah, like that's the one time yeah. where people feel yes. comfortable having me search and being like very, very much themselves. And like half of the room, half the or may not half, like a third of the room or something may have had children mm-hmm. at a time. Yeah. So therefore, people feel comfortable talking about it. But but if you have one black guy, then he don't want to carry the whole race. But every time, right? <laughs> yeah, and right. you don't have a diverse. Mike speaking to his his uh, personal <laughs> <laughs> experience. I feel you, brother. I am speaking to my personal. I'm gonna give you a hug. But I also, I, I think it's, I think it's bigger to me though. I also feel. Well, like, yeah, I think we've all, at a certain point in our career, have been that one black guy. Yeah, I think I have what, which is what I call is the count. Is every time yeah. you sit in a room, you may take stock. That one idle moment, and you look around, and you're like, damn, yeah. inventory. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. just me. It's, real. it's just me in here. And I think that, unfortunately, you get used to it. And I think that in the best environment, you're able to be yourself and you're around of uh, another collection of diverse people, right? May not black people, but white women, Hispanic males or females. But at the end of the day, I do often feel like it's just us. I at least can look at the, I can't even lie, real talk, I'm on the mic. I feel like I'm jealous, not necessarily jealous, but what I want is what I see my Hispanic counterparts, which is to code switch. And I mean directly into a different language and have mm-hmm. that kind of camaraderie in yeah, the office. That's real. And for people to, um, not even almost, people respect it. Whereas I know you guys feel that moment when there's two or three black people together and you and people are like looking at us. Like, what and are they, they, and what are they, what they talking what are they talk about? about? So like, I just. Like it's a courtyard. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like the like the jail courtyard. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I just said to clarify. That's the parallel you are with? <laughs> no, courtyards you have the rule, like like two black people together at That's a time. It. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> you get one more. <laughs> it's a gang. Um 
But yeah, they I, be talking about the nerdiest shit too. <laughs> it's, it's a game. Yeah, he's like, did you watch Dragon Ball Z? Right. <laughs> Yo, Piccolo is tripping, dog. It's crazy. <laughs> Trying to start this jail podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's real. Um, so the representation conversation um, for for you, Kenny. Um, what made you, and you kind of represented from like getting the reference from other people of like understanding this 5% with the marketing. That's probably true for other industries as well. I just wonder like what gravitated you towards marketing versus somewhere else. Yeah. <clears throat> to be honest, you know, like I said, uh, it was, it's, it's a field that I've been trying to tap into. Um, I think that as a, as a visual artist, I have to kind of understand like one thing I've been trying to like really be big on is like I have to have more than one skill set. I have to do be able to do more than just take photos, right? I have to be able to develop my mind in a way that's able to spread a message to you know to people, yeah. you know, at the same time, right? Because anybody can walk in and learn how to you know shoot photos on a camera and and, and shoot them, right? But it's like, what is the narrative behind it? What's the message behind it? Yeah, right. So like that, I think that's why our seat has kind of gone the way it's gone, right? Because there's a message. Yeah, you know there there's there's an over you know underlying thing that like needs to be taken notice right like so it's like not only are these people amazing not only are these people amazing but at the same time it's giving the message that like there needs to be more of these people yeah you know what i mean so for me i think that's what kind of drew drew me to that specific space um just trying to better myself in that way and like i said with any new field you kind of want to know what you're getting into you know what i mean you want to kind of know like what the field looks like so for me it was like that just happened to be something that was glaring, that 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 stood way out like a sore thumb. You know what I mean? So that's that's what kind of took me there. I wanted to, I wanted to read this because this was when I read your. It wasn't really a pitch deck because I was already oh that's my man. We doing this. Um, but the the la- one of the last lines when, as it pertains to intent was um, we intend to leverage the power of representation by illustrating our collective potential to inspire generations to come. And I thought that that was such a poignant and powerful sentence um and it's something that like when i look at all of those uh photos i i had that in the back of my mind um and, and it made it that much more powerful so i i just wanted to say i appreciate you in the work and, and thank you for doing it because um we need that <laughs> we yeah. need and, and, and like you said like this kind of cultural renaissance that we're in right now we need to gravitate towards each other because we're just stronger in numbers absolutely i think you know you you know as far as that generations to come thing i you know, I'm from I'm from Philly. You know what I'm saying? Uh and for us, I know me growing up, you know, I kinda knew what I thought my options were. Yeah. Right? And it was two sides of the spectrum, right? So you got doctor, lawyer, city worker. Yeah. Or rapper, athlete. Right? Because we grew up in the time of Allen Iverson, we grew up in the time of Beanie Siegel. We you know what I mean? After State we State property. Right. Right. <laughs> after we became Sparks. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So like after we grew up, right, like the kids are looking at Meek now. Yeah. Right. So but but what we don't understand is that there is a vast middle ground. Right. A lot of it is just like lack of knowledge, like lack of awareness. Like people don't understand, like these kids don't understand that they can make money based off of their talents, based off of their passions, based off of their interests. Right. Like, I know I didn't. I didn't know, like, yo, I could, advertising was a thing. I didn't know I could be a part of a, a Super Bowl spot. I didn't know that I could, you know, be a, a part of a billboard that may go up in Times Square. Like, who knew, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at how talented these kids are, right, you look at, shoot, me and, me and Mercedes were just talking about this last night. Like, the girl that created 
um, that dance, the Renegade. Renegade I keep seeing it on my time. Yeah, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. It's all over the place, right? And she's super viral. She made that song pop. Yeah. She made that song pop, right? And there, there is someone that is making tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars to do exactly what she did. But that's something that's innate to her. Yeah. That's something that she can do in her sleep. You see her doing it with the other girls that had to learn it. And yeah. she was just, it was like night and day. Like she was killing it. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it's like, you know, you, but you can do this though. Yeah. Right. You can do this. Yeah. You can, you can, you know what I mean? So with that, when you start to have those, when your brain opens up, right? Because I truly believe that your body can't go anywhere that your mind doesn't go first. So when you know a certain thing is a possibility, now maybe you make more guided decisions, right? You know, I know asking a kid at 18 and like know what he's going to do and pick a major is hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when you know, like, yo, I love sneakers or I love this, I love dancing or I love making TikToks, I love making videos. Now you can, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to study this. Yeah. I'm going to take this major and I'm going to take this internship and so on and so forth. Now our kids are moving in a little bit more sense of direction. Yeah. It's wild for me to hear you say that because I, um, uh, we talk about diversity of black man perspective. Uh, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi, from uh, up here. Um, and, like, my whole perception has been, like, so we all have hoods. Like, shit's not good in the hood. Um, everybody had, like, a, a, a certain type of upbringing. My difference in, like, growing up from, like, Jackson versus, like, how I perceived kind of growing up from being in New York, it's like in Jackson – it's it's like you can't see shit. Like it's it's there's dark spots and there's slightly less dark spots. Um, and you like in New York, like it's really hood and, and there's areas that's like really bad. But at the same time, like you can see the World Trade Center. Like you know, Wall Street is over there. And in, in Jackson, it's like that was just TV. You know, it's interesting <laughs> so, though. I would tell you that in growing up in Brooklyn, like I probably went to Manhattan like twice. Mm-hmm. Like so, as as much as you and I know people that that haven't left the borough. And you, it but sounds you never cr- had a perception that like over the river over there, there's some shit going on. That life didn't mean any. I didn't know anyone that that did that life. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, yes, maybe you can acknowledge that someone's going to do it, but it, you don't connect with it because it's not your reality. So that's an amazing point, right? And one thing that I said to everyone that I tried to sit down with for this project, I told them, I said, "Yo, you got to understand that it's probably a kid watching you somewhere." Yeah, yeah. Right? Whether it's a kid on your block, whether it's your nephew, your niece, your, you know, your son or daughter, yeah. whoever it is, right, they're watching you, right? So hopefully, you know, these kids have access to phones. They have access to Instagram, right? So, like, if they see your photo, they can ask you, okay, what was this? You know, what were you doing, right? So now that starts a conversation of where you work and what you do. And now when you explain, yeah, I do all of this cool stuff, X, Y, Z, it seems real, yeah. Right. Because right, I can right. I can touch you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Right. Like I know who you are. Like right. we go to the same bodega. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I know you. You know what I'm saying? So like that 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 was another major key yeah. of this. Like making it realistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Rich Paul or uh, I think it was Rich Paul. It yeah. said like you know everybody can't be Jay Z or LeBron James, but everybody can be Rich Paul. Yeah. Yes, he, it was him that said Anybody can be that. Yeah. yeah. Right? But you got to know that it's real. Hey, say that one more again. Like, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> say, say it loud for the people in the back. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. And, and, like, I love a lot of the game that, like, Rich Paul drops, man, because, like, he, he comes from a real place. And stick around. We're going to be talking about him in a second. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Comes from a real place. Like, you know, anybody, not everybody can be LeBron James or Jay-Z, right? They They have generational transcendent talents. Yeah. Right, like not everybody's gonna be able to be six eight, 
two yeah. sixty, but move one, like five yeah. eight, exactly. <laughs> one forty, right, 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 or or like be able to come up with some of the most inspirational albums of our lifetime without writing anything down. Yeah, everybody can't do that. Yeah, but anybody can be Rich Paul. If you have the work ethic, if you have, you know what I'm saying, you know, the stamina, the drive to do it, you can achieve that. But yeah. that that's what's dope about, like, the phase we're in now because right now we're just enlightening people about the possibilities, right? Yeah. So, like, even with what I do, I work in strategy, which no one understands exactly what that is. But the fact that they see somebody that looks like me kind of coming into a room as a thought leader, just that thought in general is just is just kind of a special thing. And then when you're enlightening people on those possibilities, then more people get in the room then you get to the next phase, which is now that we're all in the room, we understand, oh, Jeff's different than Stu and Jeff's different than Mike, and they can all bring something different to the table. So when a new position comes up, it's not like we got to choose from one of them. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that's the thing now. It's like, oh, there's this new position. We need to fill it with a black body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? But now it's all about, like, we can actually hire different people because they bring different perspectives. And so we in the, the enlightenment phase – which will lead to quantity, and then we're going to get to a phase now where it's like we can understand we bring different things to the table. Yeah, mm-hmm. and with that, I think we put too, way too much weight on. Um, and, and this is this can be diverse people, this can be young people, whatever. Like most of the times, those are the smartest people in terms of like the actual things that you want to learn in terms of like trends and things that are moving the needle. And we spend too much time trying to make them learn how to talk to us, to present to us, to like communicate things in a certain way. And it's like maybe you guys need to learn how to like listen a little bit differently. Maybe you need to Absolutely. learn how to like understand different languages and like not literal languages, but like way people talk vernaculars or, you know, where they came from and just, cause every time you ask them to wire down to communicate to you in a certain way, you're losing half of the value. Just like if I ask somebody who's a native Spanish speaker to speak to me in English, yeah. there's some stuff that's lost in context, yeah. right? So if you have a young black kid and you think he knows, I don't know, the new cool dance or the new whatever, like that's moving culture and, and, in, in, in general, and you're making him, put it in a PowerPoint and speak to you a certain way, you're probably losing half the shit that came with it. But, but that's the crazy thing. It's like for people who are not people of color, they don't understand that for us, we had to grow up every single day understanding their reality, right? So we had to know all these different things about people that are not people of color, right? But then for them, when stuff happens that it's like, oh my God, I can't believe that's happening. Fam, I've said, I say you know this every single, every <laughs> single Day is so great to hear someone say it. You said it way more eloquently than than I. We've always had to exist in their shit. A hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? It's never been the other way around. And so yep. now that now that this this currency that is our like cultural power that moves the needle for everything, they're like it's like the new piece of technology that they don't understand. And it's like, it, yeah. I love it. The blacks. I love it because <laughs> now I get to be the gatekeeper. I don't have to tell you how this works. Yeah, because if you know, you know, and it works for us, and we love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, only if I really fuck with you, do I have to really just like transcribe this to you in a way that you understand. I think the broader trend to some of what everybody just said so eloquently is this cultural illiteracy. Yes, there you go. And they've been able to get by for so long. And as you said, we had to conform to what they thought. Yep. And it's almost mirroring what we see in a broader society. The fact that there are almost more Spanish speakers or have what yep. more, I don't know the exact sen- census stat, but yeah. essentially now they are forced to learn another language, literally yep. and figuratively, to, yep. in order to capitalize on so yeah. what's going on. So the conversation we're moving us in here, um, we are going to wrap this conversation. So Kenny, before we leave out, two things. What do you want to accomplish with this project? And then remind us one more time where we can uh, get access to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the main, you know, the main goal is, 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 is a twofold thing. Um, I want I want the people that I did have an opportunity to photograph to, number one, you know, be proud of themselves. Right. It's hard to, you know, 
I can't necessarily identify with what they go through every day, right? Because I, you know, I work for myself, right? But like to have to walk into a place every single day where a lot of people don't look like you, a lot of people don't understand you. Sometimes you can't even have a moment at work when you're not happy without it kind of being like you know interpreted in some type of angry way yeah. right so so you know i want them to feel proud of themselves be proud of what they've accomplished and who they are and where they are because oftentimes we're not even invited to these spaces you know let alone be present um and you know like you know like i said it's it's the next generation you, uh, my mother has been in childcare since i was 7 hi mom um <laughs> you know she she She's shown me, she's brought me around kids all my life, right? So I, I know how impressionable they are. I know with the right influence, they can be driven in the right direction. Um, no matter what society kind of says about them, you know what I mean? Like they can be driven in the right direction if they have the right tutelage or the right guidance, right? So, you know, I want them to kind of see people that look like them, people that seem real to them, to understand what these people do. And how they exactly affect the world. So that way that 5% number can jump up in the next two years to maybe 30 or 35%. Who knows? Yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, we want to put that, plant that seed early, you know, as opposed to waiting until they're 25 to, you know, try to figure out what they want to do. Right. And, 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 and where we find it again? Yes. So you can find it on Instagram, hashtag RSEAT. That's O-U-R-S-E-A-T. Yeah, and uh, you can also. I'm actually going to be posting uh, my experiences uh, from the tour on my page as well. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at Kenny St. George. It's K E N N Y S T G E O R G E, um, and I'll be posting each stop. You know what I mean? Just, just just talking about my experiences, talking about the fun that I had. You know, on them stuff because I want to kind of bring everybody else, you know, into it so they can feel what I felt. Yeah, you know I mean? you gotta get those on video too. No, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. I love it, brother. Thanks for coming out, Kenny. Thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all. Thank appreciate you. It's like, you man. I feel like Kenny doesn't do first name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta say the full joint. Kenny St. George. Who the fuck is Kenny? All right, this is Mike Summers. Um, Jeff McHenry. Dave Smith. Stu Cornelius. Kenny St. George. And this is the Marketing Misfits. The Jordan episode. <laughs> Let's go!